Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. I want to give you a little bit of a, uh, an assignment here. Is uh, if you guys would look, it's on the it's on the announcement page. You can look there on the bulletin. And this is a really good teaching on empowerment. And you know we can't get it all in these few weeks, but any any uh, things that we can look at during the week. And this really helps uh, teaching that we don't necessarily have. It kind of comes a different angle. This is Jay Pasek from our national director. So I encourage you to, that's your, that's your homework assignment for those people who do, who does homework? Raise your hand. Ah, okay. For the rest of you, this is who it's for. The people who do homework, we just, you'll do it fine. So those who don't do homework, try it this week. All right. And we've been talking about this thing of, as far as the God's empowerment and we're kind of following up what we're talking about because we're talking about last week we talked about revelation. And today we're kind of talking about revelation again in a more specific way because we're talking about prophecy. And as we talk about prophecy, you might have different things that come into your mind. Um, again, revelation is a good starting point because that's the, what prophecy does. It brings, it reveals God. And we talked about last week, Revelation is God's supernatural disclosure to human beings of truth they would not have otherwise known or incapable of discovering on their own. Okay, that's Revelation. And this place today we're going to be talking about prophecy. Now, again, a reminder of what I mentioned last week, because this will be really important on every part of the series, every one of the teachings, is that this whole thing of empowerment is in being empowered by the Holy Spirit and we can actually develop out theology on the Holy Spirit and even what we believe, and this is true and this is not true, but we have to understand the Holy Spirit actually is a person that we get to know. And here's the thing, is if you're trying to develop theology on the gifts or understand empowerment, it's really important. You will not allow God to, you will not uh, be open to the Holy Spirit if you don't trust the Holy Spirit. <laughs> It's very hard to be to say, I really want, I want you to empower me, but I don't know who you are. And I'm not really sure if you're good. And so understand as we go through these, this, this series of starting question is, do you love the Holy Spirit? And are you wanting to, do you understand who the Holy Spirit is as a person? And so as we talk about prophecy, it's a specific gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, the prophecy is throughout the whole Bible, from the very beginning to all the way through Old Testament and New, uh, you see this place of prophecy. Now, when you think of prophecy, you think of, what, prophets? Now, you might think of a Lord of the Rings, Rings prophet, you might think of a sci-fi prophet, or, a, or, or if you've you know, been raised in Sunday school, you might think of, you know, the prophets of the Old Testament, and, and you have different images. So, you say the word prophet, you get all kinds of imagery that's going with that, right? So just to kind of define a little bit more what we're talking about, in the Old Testament, you had this position of prophets who actually were the mouthpiece of God. They, many people, it was, like, it was like Scripture to them. It was leading them through the prophets. And so we look in the Old Testament and we see, you know, you know of the 39 books, 16 of them are, are written by prophets. And in the other books, you see prophecy all the way through. You also will see in the Old Testament times in which the Spirit of God would come on a group of people and they just begin prophesying. 
And some of the people were, weren't even a very good character, but they would have the gift of prophecy come on them, and they'd begin prophesying as they, the Holy Spirit fell on them. So we see prophecy primarily in the Old Testament through the prophets. They're, they're basically God's mouthpiece had really high standards. And then you start moving into the New Testament. And the New Testament, in the Old Testament, there is about oh, over 2,000 prophecies of over close to close to 350 prophecies directly about Jesus, his, his uh, birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. And so we see lots of prophecy, but that actually is over thousands of years of written of the Old Testament. In the New Testament, if you counted up the times of, of prophecy, you're going to see actually a lot more because in the New Testament, you're going to find that there's about 600, almost 600 prophecies I mean, yet that's only a, in a period of writing of about 100 years. So what we see in the New Testament, this whole thing of prophecy goes to a whole other level. And it's, it's, it's spread out to the people who are followers of Jesus. And it come, we look at Jesus' whole ministry. And when he ministered, it was just, he was just prophesying all the time in the way he would go about things. And uh, so, he would, it, so prophecy is this place of we mentioned it last week of kind of revelation. It's uncovering what's there. You can't see it, but when you see it, it registers as making sense, and you understand this is right, right? This is what prophecy is, and that's what's been happening throughout the whole Bible. And when Jesus came, we see him prophesying in all kinds of different ways. And uh, the thing that happened is, is when Jesus came on the scene, if you look at Jesus's ministry and you just understand that he's operating in this place of prophecy all the time, you start seeing things differently, right? All the way through. And it can be, it's just a daily way he operates, right? What he's talking about all the time is, I do what I see. Remember he said in John 5, what? I see the Father doing. I, I can see below the surface the things that only the Spirit can show me. And so then you see him interacting in this place of prophecy you know, from all the way from, you can just almost just read through and you'll see it over and over and over and over again. You know, the disciples are going along and guess what? He sees in their heart prophetically what's actually happening. And they go, how do you know that, right? And, they, and, he, and he shows them their true heart. Or he'll, get, they get nervous and he brings comfort and says, I've come and I came and I'm preparing a place, I'll prepare a place to you. If it weren't so, I wouldn't have told you. It's prophetic. He's saying, this is what's going to happen. You can hope in that. You know, he, it, he's preparing his disciples. He has Peter who says, in, in one moment, he says, you are the rock, you know, and uh, uh, by the way, you're going to play this particular role within the formation of my church so he can be prepared for that, but he also prepares them for denying him three times. So when that happens, he doesn't crumble because he remembers Jesus knew this about me. And we see over and over, you know, him operating in this particular way of where he would be walking along and all of a sudden it says I, he came to the spot and he spotted Zacchaeus up in the tree. That's prophetic. He's sensing God's doing something with this person. He says, come down from here. I want to go to dinner with you. And through a prophetic seeing, Zacchaeus comes to know Jesus and has this dramatic conversion. When he's at the woman at the well, they're talking along. Remember what he says? He says, uh, well, and she's talking about it. He says, oh yeah, you have five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. Whew. It was right down to this hidden spot. And you know what she says? I perceive, what? 
you're a prophet. <laughs> right? So we look at, and it's just all the way through the New Testament. And then what we see also in the New Testament, we see this place in which that as he's teaching his disciples, he's teaching them how to see the same way. And so when he, they come back from their, this trip, he just becomes overjoyed. He says, the things that you're seeing as disciples, the prophets long to see. And now you, little children, and are people who don't really qualify, don't have all this wisdom, they are actually seeing more than the, the, than the prophets. I mean, it's pretty wild. It's just changed. This prophecy thing is just going out. So, remember when uh, the church was birthed, Holy Spirit comes, what happens? Lots. Speaking in tongues, you know, tongues of fire, uh, signs, wonders, but then they were, began prophesying. They began just prophesying about the goodness of God and who God was. They could see God, they just began worshiping, right? So Peter's trying to explain what this group of people are doing. And it's not just, you know, the apostles, it's everybody. It's, it's women, old, young, men, you know, the whole thing. And what he says in Joel, he says, he's describing what's happening. He says, in the last days, because Joel has prophesied that this day would happen, and it is now happening, is in the last days, it'll be, it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and on your sons, your daughters, they shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And all this, even on my male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. I mean, you can realize how radical this is because of how they viewed prophecy from an Old Testament point of view. <laughs> They're thinking, you're saying you're pouring your spirit out on all people, all flesh, and that everybody, men, women, even people of the lowest, you look at the lowest position in society, they all get to experience this. And that's what's happening. And so this is the prophecy we're going to be talking about. And... Uh, it's a, it's a prophecy that Joel promised is what prophecy that we can experience, and here's why we can experience it. Same thing I talked about last week. Because the big change is we have received his Holy Spirit. And because we've received here, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, for anybody who believes, the Holy Spirit actually dwells in you. That's where it's from. And that just changes the way we live. And this is for every person. So as we talk about this, we're going to be talking about this whole thing of how the church, this new thing has happened, how do we operate in this prophecy, right? Now, as we go through this, you can understand that in, in the gift of prophecy, there is people who prophesy consistently, even in the New Testament, and they might even refer them with the title of prophet, because they're functioning in that gifting so strongly, right? Just like they might in, talk to somebody who teaches, and they call him a teacher because he's gifted in teaching, and also maybe somebody who sent with a message, an apostle, but it's because they're operating in that to a level, they have that title. There'll be some differences in how the church views that. But what we can say, we're working on the op, we're talking about this place of this whole gift of prophecy that God seems to want all of us to be experiencing and operating this place of revelation. You know, as we look at 
you know, what God's doing in this place of the Holy Spirit raising him from the dead, you know, we, we have to realize it's, it's we all kind of know, right? We agree like, okay, what does it mean to be a Christian? What are we supposed to be to be a disciple? Oh, we're supposed to be like Jesus, right? 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 Most of us agree on that, right? But you see, I grew up, be like Jesus meant, I don't know what that meant, pay my taxes and be nice and kind. I, I didn't realize be like Jesus really meant like be like Jesus. Like, that's different because that requires two things. It means that you start displaying the fruit, supernatural fruit of the Spirit of love and patience and kindness that's growing in you. You're growing in greater degrees of love with God and others, right? The fruit of the Spirit, the character, which only can be transformed and changed by the Spirit of God transforming you, not by your moral codes or your discipline, because you've been transformed. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's to be like Jesus. And here's what else is to be like Jesus, is to operate in the power of the Spirit and operate in the gifts of the Spirit because that is how you do the ministry. And we're called to do the ministry of Jesus, and we have to understand we cannot do that without the infilling empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do it, right? And so as we look at prophecy, that is what we have all been called to do, to be more like Jesus. And, uh, you know, I... Uh, I think that the thing about this is, is that sometimes um, we have a tendency of quenching, like we talked about, there's this thing within us because the Spirit is something, someone who we give ourselves to and we yield our control to and let them be in control. We, because of that, we have a tendency of what? Quenching the Holy Spirit. So let's don't quench the Spirit. And right beside that, it says, do not despise prophecy. Because that's one way that we can quench what God's saying is we'd start despising this gift of prophecy where God uses people around us to help bring us the truth of God. But it says, but in test everything and hold fast to what is good. This is really helpful because... In the New Testament, for this whole gift of prophecy, there's, there's two people on this thing. There's the giver and the receiver, okay? So I'll pick on Anna just because she's easy to pick on. Uh, so I'm praying for Anna, right? And Anna, I pray, I say, God, I, I think this is what God is saying. And I say, thus says, no, I don't say that. I say, hey, Anna, I think God may be saying this. And Anna's on the other end, and she has to decide, is that craziness? Is Dave trying to manipulate me? I don't know what I think about that. But she's open, and she's listening to the Holy Spirit, but she's also testing what I'm saying, because why? She has the Holy Spirit to bear witness to what is right. Right? This is the unique part of the body of Christ, is we don't have to have perfect prophecy, because we have this place of discernment on both sides. So as, I, as we speak boldly what we think God's saying, we don't say, we don't give them room to say, what do you think on that, right? So if you notice even our prayer ministry, when we do, we're praying, we might have a prophetic word, a sense that this may be what God's doing. We might say, how's that feel? No? No? Okay. So that was off. It's just a little bit, right? Because we're understanding that prophecy is a place in which that we're, it's for encouragement and something that we, we don't trust 
We're not, we understand it's being, happening through imperfect people, right, that love Jesus, but we are just like you, just as I'm teaching, right, I'm hoping that you are using the Spirit of God within you to listen to what I'm saying through that lens. And that you also, we understand that we have the Scripture that has been, again, which is prophetically written. It was, is God-breathed. And so we have the Scripture as well to compare and to test what is good. And then what do we do? John Wimber used to say, eat the chicken, spit out the bones, right? I've been around the charismatic movement for a long time. I've gotten quite a few bones in my life, but I've gotten a lot of good meat, <laughs> right? But I've had to learn that we listen to God with humility towards God and listening, and we speak what we believe God's saying and prophetically with humility as well. But God has poured out his spirit of prophecy on the church. And we get to have this gift. And this gift is amazingly beautiful. Corinthians puts it this way. He says, follow the way of love. Now, here's the thing. It's interesting. A lot of what we use for helping us understand the gifts of spirit is Corinthians. The thing that I always pay attention to, no one remembers how messed up Corinthians were, right? This is like, they're not like glowing with great character. They're like close to derelict, some of them, you know? I mean, they're doing crazy stuff in their church. And God doesn't say, well, you don't deserve to be doing that. He's saying, no, and you're operating in this power of the Spirit, but you're missing what? Love. And here's, here's the rule of prophecy. is prophecy and all spiritual gifts lose their effect if they're not done out. Even though God will use anything, they lose their power when they're not done out of the heart of love. And the more they're done out of the heart of love, the more power they have. It's just, that's the foundation. And what he, so he's, they're all formed. And so what he's saying to the Corinthians is saying, hey, lots of discussion about love is it, love is it, love is it. And then he goes on to talk about the understanding prophecy. So he says, here's, a, here's, a, here's, my, here's a sermon today for you guys. I could have just read this. Probably been faster. Fall the way of love and, e- and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. That's what I want to happen this morning. I want you to say, okay, I want to follow love as my foundation, what drives me, and I'm going to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And it goes on, and part of the reason that it talks about this place of prophecy is because it's something that is, has this tremendous power to transform people's lives. And so he compares it. It says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to the people but to God. In other words, the people, as you're experiencing the gift of tongues, it is really building you up as you speak in tongues and pray in tongues. But bright prophecy is so good because, indeed, no one understands them if you're speaking in tongues, so it's not helping the others as much. It says, but they utter mysteries by the Spirit. You can't get that. And so it says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. In other words, prophecy brings the, the strengthening of God to us. It brings encouragement and it brings comfort, right? 
That's what prophecy is for. And then it goes on to a spot where it talks about, so this is what it's for, and this helps us understand a little bit of kind of the role of prophecy and where it's going in the future. It says, love never ends. That's why it's always first in everything, because it stays, right? And you're going to have these faith, hope, and love is going to abide. In other words, it is eternal, and it will always be there, right? But it says, but as for prophecy, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, they will pass away. For we know in part, because we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish things. For now I see, now we see in a mirror dimly. Now you understand what that, back then they didn't have the beautiful mirrors we have now, which are perfect reflections. They were like polished metal. And you could kind of say, you guys ever been to a truck stop or a, uh, a place like that? And you look at this, this polished metal that has things writing on it. You think, I think I see myself in there, but it's so bad, right? Take that times even worse. And so you're trying to get a reflection, but the reflection is not really good, right? We see them, but it's dimly. We can't quite see clearly through this thing that we're on this earth because we're in the not yet, you know, uh, we're not there all the way, right? We're in the here, but not yet. We're, we get parts of it. And so prophecy these gifts are in part. It says, but when the perfect comes, guess what happens? We get to see face, Jesus face to face, right? We see his image perfectly. Now, when you see his image perfectly, you're, you're transformed into that, right? This is a very understanding of Scripture, that when we see him face to face, we're transformed. This is talking about the, the full consummation of the kingdom, when this is earth is done with, and we will live, and the perfect has come. Now, when that's, we're seeing faith, faith, I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I've been fully known. And it goes on to reestablish. So now, faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest is love. So this tells us a lot about prophecy. It tells us it will not continue when the full has come. In fact, you won't need me teaching anymore to help explain you'll get a lot better teaching because just, you'll just know it. You won't have to worry about the gift of healing because why? The perfect has come. You will not experience sickness and disease. You will not have to figure out knowledge because God will be showing you and, and you'll have a relationship with God. And you won't have to prophesy because you, what you see that was not that been covered is all uncovered now. Pretty good, huh? And so... But until then, we're in this spot in which the God is revealing himself in this place of, through prophecy. Now, as we look at prophecy, mainly this. Take this in, follow the way of love, and eagerly desire the gift of prophecy, uh, gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Understand that you prophesy in choice of love, in humility, and you do it for the place of the other being strengthened, encouraged, and comforted, not just naturally, but by God himself, as you speak what God tells you to say. Prophecy, it reveals who God is, and it reveals who we are, right? 
This, it's, it, it, and that brings us life. Because truth always brings freedom. Prophecy brings light to our past, to our present, and to our future. You ever try to figure out what's going on? Prophecy gives you a glimpse of what's going on. Right? And the result is it does these deep things. And so when God is revealing something that would be unseen to us naturally and uncovering it through prophecy, you'll find it, and these are only a few words that can help you figure this out. When you receive prophetic, and it, as, as, it, as you open your spirit and you test it, you think, this is God, it, it affirms. You know what I mean? You've been thinking this one thing, and God says, that one thing is right. And you go, really? It bears witness. It causes you to go, okay, this isn't just my idea. This is God affirming the things that's happening already with me. He also affirms in the sense that he speaks to you about yourself. He shows you who you truly are. And trust me, if you knew who you truly were in Christ, we'd just be worshiping all day. We just would be living in a whole... If we could grasp that fully, who we truly are in Christ. And, he, and prophecy gives us a glimpse to what has taken place through Jesus. And we get to see who we truly have been designed to see. You guys know that experience when you've been prayed for and you have a prophetic word and you think, God seems to see me differently than I've seen myself. And, and it does this tremendous encouraging. It's... It reveals what's true. It, it, it allows you to see what is true and what's not. It, it convicts. It shows you places in your heart that you're stuck. But it does it in a place, again, with God's love behind it. So you feel his favor and you feel his mercy and his kindness and compassion. But he also presses into places that are holding you captive. It reveals. That's what the, the Holy Spirit does. It also brings you vision and hope. It gives you a glimpse of what's coming. And you know what? What's coming is really good. This life is rough down here, but what's coming is really good. You know, Jesus, when he went to the cross, for the hope set before him that the Spirit showed him was coming, he was able to live in fulfillment even in the greatest places of suffering because he could see what was coming. He always gives you vision because you begin understanding, David, this is what you're made for. Jeff, this is what you're made for. Right? This is who you are. This is what I have for you. He does this place where it, it brings you direction. Right? It's like, I don't know how many times I've been just fuzzy and trying to figure out what to do, and I have a prayer time, and God just all of a sudden because I humble myself before him, I open myself to the Holy Spirit, and it uses this person to say this one thing, and all of a sudden, I can see where I, what I should do next. And see, again, we've talked about this in the series before, is this is, this is the us part of it. We don't just hear God on our own. We hear God by being in relationship with one another and letting God speak to us and through us. And then you look at this place where it talks about this place of it helps you know how to follow. Like if you're like, I just don't know what to do next. You know, what, what, do I, what, is, what, is it, what should I be doing? And he'll tell you. Or it will give you, and this is a big one, it just gives you a different way of seeing. This is, this is really kind of what it always happens. It's, it, these other things happen, but 
it causes you to be able to see a perspective you didn't see before. That you're incapable, actually, of seeing until God showed you that. Right? And this, this, is how the, this is how the Spirit is always working, right? From the very moment you say yes to Jesus, you didn't think that way before about Jesus, but all of a sudden now you're seeing Jesus in a way you didn't before. That's just, you're seeing what has been uncovered, right? And it continues on that way. And it just increases our faith. So, seeing all that, I'm going to, I'm going to close with stories. And uh, to kind of put it into more practical terms, because for me... Prophecy was something I believed in theologically for a long time, but I actually didn't earnestly desire it. I really didn't have, a, any, I didn't have any pockets for it, actually. But God has changed that tremendously. And so I'm just going to tell you just a little bit of the ways that prophecy started becoming real to me. And, how, and it, again, it ties in directly with me trusting myself to the Holy Spirit. It was directly correlated but how prophecy came into that. And uh, I look back, and I think, when's the first time I really knew this was a prophetic moment? And I guess I could look at lots of things, because in some ways that's how we know Jesus and lots of things. But I, I remember this one time, me and a buddy, and I've told you this story before, like I have, if it's, if it's me talking. Um, but I mean, a buddy were Christmas shopping, and my buddy was really a kind of a crazy dude. He just like was like the opposite of me, like crazy about Jesus, talking about Jesus all the time. Kind of drove me a little nuts, you know, one of those kind of guys. Always listen to Christian music, you know. So we're in the truck, and he talks me into singing out loud in this truck, which I'm like, ah, oh, two guys in a truck, it's a little odd. So we're driving around, and we start cranking this Christian music, and we start singing. I think, well, what the heck? No one's going to see me. It's snowing outside. I'm in a truck. No one's on the streets. And so we started cr just cranking it, singing to the tops of our lungs these songs. And I'm telling you, I, I felt like God came in the cab. We felt God so strongly, and his presence came, we didn't want to go home. And so we said, what do we do? We said, let's go to Denny's. And we're just like, kind of glowing. It's the most weird. I, mean, this is, I wasn't charismatic. I wasn't. I was just glowing and not knowing what was happening because I was feeling the presence of God. So we're sitting in this booth. I was a real new Christian. And my friend, Brian Hall, who's my agnostic friend, who just is harassing me about me loving Jesus and is a real intellectual guy, he comes in and he's, it's, he's now working someplace. And there's, a bit, there's, a, there's a business party. He's half, a little wobbly, but he's coming in to Denny's after this, this business party, and he just plops down in front of us. And, and we decided, God has brought Brian here, and we started just talking. And everything we started saying was answering his questions before he said them. I have never experienced anything quite like this. And I didn't even know what was going on. I was just talking, and I was saying things before he'd asked the question, and this just kept going and going and going. And I remember thinking, maybe it's my imagination, you know? And then I looked over next to us, and you know, Denny's, hopefully you hadn't been there, but if you have, <laughs> there's these two little seats, and there's a, there's a big booth. We're at the big booth, and these two little seats. And I look, and some people from a Christmas party in their tuxedos were sitting there, and they were turned and listening to us. The whole, they're all listening to this conversation. And I thought, that's wild. Now I can understand it, but I didn't have anything to do with it before I realized, oh, this is what prophetic is.
By the way, a good, a good uh, lesson in that, when the Holy Spirit's strong, prophetic's easy. <laughs> so I just mentioned that. That would help a lot. So then as, as it went on, you know, I'll just give you a few other stories. And these are, these are, some are really big. I'm going to give some big stories, but the continuum works all the way down to a kind word that Mike gives me and it changes me, right? It's, it's a whole gamut. But the big ones convinced me, right? One of the big ones where Debbie and I were going through infertility, Debbie is really crashing emotionally, I mean, badly. And in the middle of this, we're in a church that's just popping out babies, like at levels we not just everywhere, right? So she has this dream that we're at our house, and there's all these couples with babies. And she begins just weeping. She holds a baby of someone else's in this dream, very vivid, and she begins weeping, like big weeping, and she cries out, I'll never have a child. And she said, in the dream, the room filled up with God. And God said, yes, you will. And her name will be Emily Christine Stark. And spelled it out. And you have to realize, we have never had anything like this happen to us. But we did wake up, and we did write down that name. Years went by, nothing happened. Another thing in prophecy, timing is not always what you expect, but we went through a lot of other painful rounds. We were fully in the into place of adoption. We had a, we had a set up for an agency, and we just found the agency was not going to be able to do what they said, and it was all kind of crumbling. And I just had a regular prayer meeting only two people showed up, and we started just praying about stuff in the church. And one of the guys says, I think we should pray about the adoption. Oh, gosh, I'm so tired about it. And I'm, just, I'm just telling you what I was at. Like, okay, here we go. Sure, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So uh, I started praying, and one of the guys looks at me, really nervous. I said, what? I said, what? He goes, I think you're going to have a girl. I think it's going to be soon. And I don't think it's going to come to the agency. I thought, I hope so. That was my response. <laughs> Two days later, I get a call from a lawyer. He said, we have a girl that we just can't find a profile works. A long time ago, I know you were talking about these things. And like, are you still open? And... Uh, Speed up the story. Within a few weeks, we have Emily Christine Stark delivered to her house. And it wasn't just that it was like logically like, that's amazing. It was internally we knew this was God. And it changed us. And it gave us a whole new way of looking at life. And things just started happening because, not because we had a baby that we desired. We didn't like that too. But because we realized God saw us and was watching over us. Within nine months, we, were, we moved to the Bay Area because God told us to quit our jobs and move out. And I don't think I ever would have thought about that unless I'd already went through this whole thing. You know, I, 
And then when, when I went to the Bay Area, we went to the Vineyard Church, and to our surprise, we had this small group, and they taught us how not to receive, just to receive prophecy. We, they were like messed up Stanford students that really didn't know Jesus much at all and didn't even know the Bible very well. And we came in, and they taught us, because they would pray, and they would just expect God to talk. And they'd say, well, I don't know, I think about... And all of a sudden, we would just have God speaking all over the place. And then I started learning that you can pray, and it's for everyone. And you can learn how to discern and test, and you can learn how to hear and speak with love. And it transforms people's lives and it can lead to things you can't even imagine. So, this is the thing that I think prophecy, one of the most beautiful parts about it, is it is amazing and it teaches you about God, but here's the thing I've learned about prophetic stuff, whether it be a word of knowledge or a prophetic word of something going. In all these times, the thing that I took away the most was God knows me. When you hear when you have him interacting on these details of your life, you realize he actually knows me. And not only that, he, he, he really loves me and knows me. That even gets better. Just knowing is amazing, but knowing that he loves me and he, and he knows me is just crazy. You guys ever experienced that when you're praying? All of a sudden you think, why am I crying? Is this that most dramatic thing I've ever heard? No, because you're feeling the Holy Spirit presence and you understand he knows me and he loves me. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It can be small. It can be large. I, I have lots of dramatic stories, and I have lots of really moments that just someone spoke kindness and encouragement to me, and it was from God, and it changed me. Just, just Saturday, uh, yeah, just Friday, I was, we were up at uh, a retreat, vineyard retreat, for, a men's retreat up in Iowa. I have a friend, Wade Wilson, is a good friend of mine, and he just goes with me. We, we just met, hung out. And the whole time he's just kind of dumb, you know, we're just good friends, so he's just telling me the struggles he's having and what he's feeling on the inside. And I'm trying to be nice to him and encourage him and identify with him and all that stuff, you know, and I can't seem to cheer him up. <laughs> he's not doing very well, right? So we're just going along, and he's trying his best to stay open to God. You know those feelings? You're in a room, and you're thinking, oh, everybody else is doing good with Jesus, and I'm just like barely on the edge. That's the way. He's kind of like, oh, I'll try to... And then... During the prayer time, one guy walks over to him, doesn't know him from a different state, and just tells him what God feels about him. And everything he talked to me about, this guy lays out how God sees him, and way just becomes a puddle. And it changed. He came away a whole different way by one person just risking and speaking what they thought they might have heard. An imperfect person. And so I just want us as a church to just fall the way of love, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that of prophecy, so we can do all the things and let God come in those places. So here's your invitation. Worship team, come on up. Practice listening to God for others and sharing what he gives you so, you can, so they can be strengthened, encouraged, and comforted. Don't over-spiritualize this. You learn by trying. And if you're sincere and wanting to love a person, you really can't mess up because they can discern and all that stuff. But you need to learn by doing this. That's how you learn. And usually, 
It's not like that person is super confident, but as they learn how to do this, they can become a spot where they can become better and better at this, but we learn it by doing. So today, God may give you an encouraging word for someone. Well, if it's encouraging, share it. It may be prophetic and, and encouraging both. 